Welcome to Best on the Block. It's hosted by myself, Kimberly Paget Morrison, the director of the BMP brand nonprofit marketing agency, where we build brands one person, one business at a time. Best on the Block is here to be your online personal brand coach, answering questions and providing insight and advice on how to enhance your or build your personal or business brand. I will lead everyone on a journey to become best on the block. Now, in this episode, well, before we even begin with the subject of this episode, let's unpack some things that we discuss each time that we get together, which is what really is marketing and what really is a personal or business brand. The aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that your product or service fits him and actually sells itself. Your brand lies somewhere in the middle of how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. I'll repeat that. Your brand lies somewhere in the middle of how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. The three questions I always want anyone, any business owner or individual to unpack is what actually are you marketing? What are you building a brand around? Are you marketing your service, your product, or your story? It might be one or all three. I'll reiterate that. What are you wanting to build a brand around? Is that your service, your product, or your story? Today, we're going to talk about service. We're going to talk about what that means and if that is your brand. I'm going to give you some insight so that you can unpack whether or not you are marketing your service, if you are actually a servant leader. So let's then explore what some notables believe is the meaning of service. Let's start with Shirley Chisholm. She states that service is the rent that you pay for room on this earth. Constance Wu. Constance Wu states public service is about serving all the people, including the ones who are not like you. Professor Tagore states, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted and behold, service was the joy. Denise Morrison, educator, states leadership is service to others. Napoleon Hill, notable, states, you can start right where you stand and apply the habit of going the extra mile by rendering more service and better service than you're now being paid for. I repeat that one. You can start right where you stand and apply the habit of going the extra mile by rendering more service and better service than you are now being paid for. Lee Hamilton, another notable states, service is not just a way of life. It is a way to live fully. And lastly, We'll quote James Cash Penny. He says, the service we are not obliged to give 
is the one that people value the most. James Cash Penny says, I'll state it again, the service that we are not obliged to give is that service which people value the most. Most of the world, you guys, still lives in survival mode, especially in the United States. Because of the standard living, too many are just surviving from paycheck to paycheck. It may seem that compared to most of the world, we're thriving, but we must compare that to what our standards are and what we're surrounding ourselves with. So jumping from survival to success is a mistake and you will land back in survival. However, when you begin to contribute beyond yourself at each stage of your success, then you're actually contributing to the world and it will come back to you. And it creates a complete balance in what you're doing. And that's service. And I'll repeat that, I'll unpack that a little bit. Most Americans are in survival mode where we're just trying to make it. I'm sure you guys deal with that all the time. Where you're just trying to get from one task to the next task to the next task. But what a lot of successful, successful people have found is that if you just go from survival to survival, that's the biggest mistake you can make because you'll always land in survival mode. But if you really retool yourself to think and contribute beyond yourself and beyond what you believe is gonna to lead to your own personal success and actually serve and give, that creates the ultimate joy and balance and continuity you'll find when it comes to your business or your brand. So let's look at what servant leaders and what folks who serve first or lead with service first find that they're able to accomplish. Ask yourself, are you a servant leader? You know, of course, most people will say, of course, I love to serve. However, it's not so easy. It's easy to say, but it's not so easy to live and do. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power and see if he would still serve. That's Abraham Lincoln. A servant leader as the name might otherwise suggest, is far from being someone who follows along blindly. In fact, some of the greatest leaders of our time embody the true definition of leaders that serve first. From Herb Keller at Southwest Airlines to Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook, a servant leader is an incredibly strong figurehead who focuses on serving and empowering others and leads with their team in mind. Although the phrase servant leader is nothing new, it was originally coined back in the 70s, it is still hyper-relevant in today's modern business world. So let's break down the individual traits that a servant leader possesses so that you have a better foundation of what it takes to lead and serve first. A servant leader listens to others' opinions. 
A servant leader is one who actually values the views and contributions of others. They actively solicit feedback and weigh any possible decisions carefully before reaching a conclusion. They have remarkable observer, observation skills and are very perceptive to what's occurring around them. Servant leaders understand the fact that people feel respected when they're actually listened to. That's a real key to building a successful brand. Because remember what we stated, that your brand lies between what you say, what you do, and how you make them feel. You can't even really understand how you make your customers or the community or people around you, you, you can't understand how they make you feel unless you've actually listened to them. So the first key step for a servant leader is to have a skill set where they're able to listen to others' opinions and thoughts. Now, a servant leader also values trust above all else. A servant leader believes that everyone is valuable and is deserving of trust and respect. Here's one that's very interesting. They live by the golden rule, treat others as they would wish to be treated and lead with trust. I said this to teams on many occasions where you almost have to have blind trust. I hear this sometimes from professionals. Well, I don't trust them. I don't know them well enough to walk through this project with them. Well, you know what? There's very few people in the world other than our own parents and children and family members, really, that we have enough knowledge about their personal lives and who they are really innately to have that sense of trust that's built on um, time and knowledge of a person's character. So when it comes to business and brand building, you almost have to walk into that thing with this blind trust. I am going to lead and trust first. I am going to trust that the expertise and the um, skill set that they state they have, that they have, until otherwise proven. Because if not, you're always walking into a situation with a sense of um, uncertainty. And that's not a true leader. You have to be certain at most times. Trust is, a very, is the very cornerstone of all that you're going to do. It causes you to be empathetic to others as well. Because you're treating everyone in the organization the same with that same level playing field. I trust that you're going to do what you state you're going to do and what you state you can do. And then they feel that trust. Next, a servant leader encourages others. As a leader, people don't really care what you know until they know that you care. Man, you know, most times when you're dealing with folks, let, let's, let's say if you are, let's deal with a business brand. If you are a hairstylist, I'm going to use something that everyone can relate to. If you're a hairstylist or a barber. Now, if they walk into your establishment and you are curt, um, less than friendly, they don't want you cutting their hair because they don't believe you care enough to do it well. If you walk into a restaurant, 
especially a homegrown, you know, community-based restaurant, and there's no one to greet you, and then you finally see the chef or the cook, and they ignore you and they don't say hi, I would hope you'd walk out. Because you, most people don't feel like, well, God, they don't even really care about me. How in the world do I believe they're going to care about the food that I'm putting in my body? So I'll repeat that. A leader of people should understand that the people that you're leading or guiding or providing a service to don't really care where you're leading them until they feel that you care. A servant leader cares about the well-being of others and finds ways to uplift their team members, their customers, or those that they're influencing. They look for opportunities for everyone to grow. They're not afraid. This is so key, everyone. A servant leader is not afraid of competition or sharing the limelight. Ooh. I have to say that one again. A real servant leader does not care and is not afraid about competition or sharing the limelight. They want everyone to be successful and encourages everyone to work together on projects and initiatives and, and, and systems of impact. And it ends up that most of the things that a servant leader works on are, are actually bigger than themselves. Servant leadership means encouraging others, often making people feel like they're a part of the greater mission, of the greater good. And again, I'll go back again. Your brand lies in between how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. A servant leader also acts as a mentor. Servant leaders are always willing to share their wisdom freely with no thought about what am I getting back. They understand that their knowledge can help others improve both personally and professionally. They're extremely passionate about growing other leaders. They want their teams, their communities to be a part of their day-to-day. -day. Not just I come to work and I'm done, but they want to assure that they're building impact, that they're creating impact. They wholeheartedly want every person to believe that there's growth within whatever initiative that's going on. They firmly believe that that responsibility of encouragement lies on their shoulders. A servant leader wears that hat every day, that it is my responsibility and my accountability to help everyone grow and move forward. A servant leader, you guys, also reflects on the long term. A servant leader is not a tactical person. Now, mind you, a servant leader is, is probably one of the most hard probably the hardest working person in the group. They're going to get in and do the tactics and they can do the day-to-day, -day, they, they can do the grind. But while they're grinding, they've already thought through the long term. So they know when you are nailing in, when you're hammering that nail, 
they already can foresee how that one nail leads to the building of the house. When you're at step zero, they can see step 100. So when you encounter a servant leader, what I say to you is follow them. Because they, they already can see the end. They can see every step of the way, even if you can't. Because they're reflecting on the long term. They're reflecting on the greater good, the bigger impact. A servant leader completely demonstrates tenacity. They have a stick to that sometimes the average person doesn't have. They don't give up easily, and they believe that the mission of the organization or the initiative is too big just to let it go because it didn't work out well. So they're going to have that tenacity even if you don't. Servant leaders lead with a sense of purpose that drives them to make everyone around them better. They're going to demonstrate that tenacity. Now here's a real key for servant leaders. While servant leaders are humble and, you know, probably very accountable, the other thing that they make themselves accountable for is they're not afraid to hold themselves accountable for the mistake. They're not afraid of the mistake. This is the true test of leadership, and especially servant leadership. They're not afraid of the mistake. They're not afraid if it fails or if it doesn't go right. They have the humility and they put it into daily practice that they learn from failures very quickly. They don't encounter a failure or a misstep and fall or blame anybody. Their standards are so high as a servant leader their ideals are so transparent that they take that failure or that misstep and immediately turn it into encouragement. Hey, you know, that didn't work out well. It didn't really pan out how we thought it would, but guess what? The lesson in that is, and now you've been able, you've able to move on, and they've encouraged you to move on. The servant leader, I give that example to say a servant leader tends to focus on the positive and appreciates everyone's worth, even in the midst of a roadblock. So let's test this. Let's unpack this a little bit. I know we've been going through these lists about what a servant leader is, but let's try to unpack it just a little bit to see if that's you. Let's see if this sounds like you. If you would like to develop your skills to be a better servant leader, then it's worthwhile to focus on these skills. Are these skills that you actually believe you possess? Do you have empathy? Do you? I mean, sometimes you don't. It's, you know, these are all things we all hold ourselves accountable for working on. And we just have to be honest if these are who we are, if these are our traits, or these are things we want to work on. If you truly want to be a servant leader, you have to have empathy. Does that sound like you? I mean, sometimes you don't. Especially depending on who, who it is. You know, I, I'll use myself as an example. I never, ever, 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 ever will probably be a school teacher. <laughs> Just, I, 
Not I. Not I, says the cat. I know myself well. I have the utmost empathy for most people in the world. (sighs) And patience. However, oftentimes, especially with teenagers, because I have my own, you know, the empathy is not there. You have this generation of teenagers and children who feel a bit entitled and whatever. So, you know, you have to force yourself to have empathy with a teenager who has everything, who still believes they have nothing. So, yeah, that takes a little bit of empathy. And that's what I mean. Be honest with yourself. Do you have empathy? That's one of the key skills. The next key skill is listening. This I I do okay. I do pretty good. But are you a listener? Are you able to, and it's active listening. Sometimes what people do, and see if this is you. And I deal with, I have some people in my life who do this. They listen, waiting for the moment to talk. Like they're really not active listening to what you're saying. They're just waiting for that moment to interject. That's not listening. Listening is actually being still, allowing your mind to take in what that person is saying so that you can affect the best help or support for that person. Right? Now, the power of persuasion. Are you able to do that? A servant leader has to have the art of persuasion. Are you able to move and guide and influence people to do something that is beyond who they really are or who they believe they are? Are you able to take people out of their box, out of their comfort zone? I give an example of a great example of when that happened to me. And sometimes you don't realize the power of persuasion that you actually have until it comes to fruition. Avail. A really good friend of mine who we are, you know, we do some business together and we've known one another for most of our adult lives. And he wrote a book. And and I'll say his name and that because I'm sure he, he doesn't mind me saying who this is. His name is Clark Garrison. He wrote a book called Survive the Next 365. Go on Amazon. It's available if you like it. He wrote the book as a result of a challenge he was facing back in 2008, if you guys remember uh, the crash of 2008, the financial crash that we had in our country. And at the time, this friend of mine was a real estate developer. So if you are of age and remember what that looked like for the housing market, you can imagine what his life turned out to be in that moment. So he wrote a book that was rather cathartic in helping him walk through this journey. He began to walk himself through a journey of renewal, and it turned it, it manifested into a book called Survive, The Next 365. And what he explored was not surviving, um, you know, this big master plan, but he actually had to rebuild his life and his thinking and what success looked like to him. So he developed this plan and put it down for others to follow if they would like or needed a plan. 
Where it's like, instead of concentrating on, I need to get there in six months, let's take it slow. And I'm going to learn how to survive the next 365 one day at a time. And in the book, it talks about, you know, developing uh, the ability as a seasoned professional to still go out and get a mentor, um, to do some training, um, to retool, you know, what your skill sets can manifest into. So all of that stuff. So this book but you can write a book get it published but that doesn't mean anyone sees it right I came up with this idea after some research that man if you go on to a public forum and with the way that the internet was working at the time it was pretty new that you can probably reach thousands in one fell swoop as opposed to just the traditional you know book fairs and book signings and so forth because we tried that and it wasn't working so we found blog talk radio and we put him on blog talk radio and got a massive audience that now was able to tap into his system and his knowledge and his journey and he tapped into thousands now the network that was in 2008 and currently, and if you go out there, it's called Survival Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. If you go out there, I'm not going to even tell you the numbers of shows that he has. I want you to go explore it yourself. And then you will see how someone starts very small and through the power of persuasion, it can grow. And the persuasion part was, is that while my friend was a performer and most of his life, he was a model. Um, he was a drum, ma a drum major in um, Florida A&M University's band and March of 100. So he was not adverse to public attention. But somehow, someway, everybody, that radio thing spooked him out. And I couldn't gather it. He did not want to do radio. But through persuasion and through some, some tactics... We got him on there. How I did it was, I, you know, have done media for many, many years. So I said, well, hey, let's do it together. Now, my master plan, like we talked about, most servant leaders, they can see um, from 1 to 100. My 100 was, there was no way in the world I was going to be doing this show with him for any long, length period, lengthy period of time. My goal was, is for him to be comfortable and to roll with it and run with it. So I went on the show, and I knew he would be comfortable doing it with me. So we did it together for many months. We did it together. We named the show. We got it going. Um, we tapped into friends and people we knew and notables to be guests on the show, and it worked really well. And then I pretended to be too busy to do it. Yeah, I wasn't. But that was my master plan. Now, if you go on Survive, Survival Radio Network, what you'll see is that one inch of persuasion caused this gentleman to build a really successful online radio platform that has now grown into Surge TV, which is an online television platform, and he has retooled media 
for thousands of people. The power of persuasion. Power of persuasion. Now, the next is humility. You have to be incredibly and innately humble and have a really strong sense of humility to be a servant leader. I give an example. Servant leaders, an example of a servant leader could be an entertainment manager. If you've ever seen, let's take, you know, someone that's no longer here, but I like Luther Van Tromps. If you can see the success and the, you know, the extreme, you know, wide reach that a Luther Van Tromps had, or we can even name someone from a different musical spectrum like a Lady Gaga. Their managers have to have this really incredible sense of humility because they sit in the background most times where you don't even know who they are. But they're the reason why you see what you see. The musical artist or the actress or the person that's out in the front, they're really not the ones making the deals or doing the negotiations. Um, yes, even look at like a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan didn't do any of his Nike deals on his own. At all. Air Jordan didn't come from his vision. It came from... The negotiation and the hard work of probably some really key people behind the scenes. And you know what? In our lifetimes, we probably never know who those people are. Because they have a really awesome, strong sense of humility that allows them to be able to step back and say, Hey, what I am doing is serving you. I'm serving the greater good. You're the talent. And I know I have a skill set that can put you out in front. So I'm going to do that and be okay and comfortable with me not being in front. That's a gift. That's a complete gift. Complete gift. Now, the next thing a servant leader has to have is commitment. Can't just be in one day and out the next. You got to be committed. Your service level has to be shored up by a foundation of commitment. You got to stand flat-footed in whatever that service is or whatever that initiative is. You also next have to have some foresight. Like I've said before, most servant leaders can see, they can stand at point one and see point 100. They've got to be, they got to have that foresight to be able to see the end. They can probably tell you point 10 while you're still at two. You got to have that foresight. And the last thing that a servant leader, not the last, but one of the last key things we're going to discuss here is you got to have some awareness. You got to know your surroundings. You got to know what's going on around you and about you to be able to have some type of impact, to be a servant leader. You got to have some awareness. The strongest and most successful Companies, initiatives are built on the backs of servant leaders. Some of the biggest brands 
in our country and in our world are those brands that actually encourage others, that establish trust, that remain accountable, that are paramount in becoming effective and respected in our world and our community. The first and most important choice that a leader makes is the choice to serve, without which one's capacity to lead is extremely limited. Extremely, extremely limited. Now, before I leave you, I am going to share with you some books and periodicals that talk about servant leadership so that perhaps you can begin to continue to explore this part of yourself in your effort to becoming best on the block. So first, the author is Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, and Sinek is spelled S-I-N-E-K. Mr. Sinek's book is called Leaders Eat Last. Why some teams pull together and others don't. <laughs> this book is really awesome. I'll read it again. I'll say it again. The book is called Leaders Eat Last. Why some teams pull together and others don't. In case you're wondering what the title refers to, Sinek found an answer to a long-standing question in his mind about how great leaders build trust when speaking with the Marine Corps general. And the, the Marine Corps general stated, officers eat last. Essentially, great leaders put the good of the team ahead of their own, which sets the tone for the entire organization. So my first read recommendation in order to explore the heart of a servant leader is Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last, Why Some Teams Pull Together and Others Don't. Next is, let's see, make sure I'm giving you guys some good ones. And I'm only going to give you two today, so I'm just making sure I give you the right ones that will lead you in the right direction. So the next one, the author is Robert Greenleaf. Robert Greenleaf. The book is called Servant Leadership, A Journey into the Nature of Legitimate Power and Greatness. That's pretty powerful, right? Servant Leadership, A Journey into the Nature of Legitimate Power and Greatness. This is a really classic book. And it's a great place to start when you're thinking about servant leadership and what it means today. Greenleaf, Mr. Greenleaf actually passed away in 1980, and he was a top executive at AT&T and a visiting lecturer at MIT School of Management at Harvard Business School. His ideas on empowering employees caused many leaders to rethink how they ran their companies and offered a new way to grow a company. Whether you run a sole proprietorship or you're, you know, building your personal brand, whether you're managing contractors or have scaled up to hiring employees. Greenleaf offers many relevant ideas on how to build a stronger culture where your team will actually thrive. This one is really powerful. This is a cool foundation 
for those who want to be and strive to be servant leaders. Well, folks, I hope you got a lot out of this. This was the service episode. I hope this was helpful. Um, I hope this continued you on the right path in your journey. And I hope you join me next time. Visit us at Best on the Block on Facebook. If you want to uh, talk through with me about personal services or if you need marketing services, that is www.bmpbrand.com. Also, if you want to donate so that we can continue to move the world forward, that is also on the website, www.bmpbrand.com. And I will always leave you with this. Are you marketing your service, your product, or your story? Whichever one it is, we're here to help you to remain and keep moving forward on being best on the block. Talk to you soon.